They say the devil is in the details, but after this full moon in Virgo, I'm not so sure. The devil is in the details is a common phrase used often to express the idea that small, seemingly insignificant details can cause significant problems or complications. Did you know that the origin of this phrase is often attributed to a German-born architect, and I'm gonna do my best to pronounce this, Ludwig Mies van der Rohe, who popularized it in the mid-20th century. But the phrase might have earlier roots. It's believed to be a variation of an even earlier saying, God is in the detail. For me, in my belief, I might exchange the word God for the divine is in the detail, which suggests that attention to detail is essential for perfection or success. Over time, this sentiment evolved into its opposite with the devil, representing the negative aspects or complications that can arise from overlooking or neglecting those details. While Mies van der Rohe is often credited with popularizing the phrase in English, it's possible that similar sentiments existed in various forms prior to his use of it. But regardless of its exact origin, the phrase has become widely recognized and used to emphasize the importance of thoroughness and attention to detail in various contexts. The full moon in Virgo might remind us that even if we understand and know exactly how the magic is made, it is magic nonetheless. And it's perhaps in this space where we can accept that science, magic, mysticism, and rational thought can coexist and rather than canceling each other out, support the reality that both are keys to understanding the divine source of the universe. What's up, witches? Welcome to Staff Meeting at the Corporate Coven, the podcast for witches at work. I'm your host, Jessica, sometimes referred to as that witch from work. I'm pleased to bring you this weekly episode of the podcast where we check in with a reflective question inspired by current astrology weather, we make magic with the lunar phases, and organize our work with a day-by-day astrology forecast. Thanks for joining us. Let's get into it. The point of a check-in question is to bring you into the episode or to bring you into the meeting. Check-ins are a really common practice in like group therapy or counseling, uh, but especially in corporate meetings. And they're really beneficial no matter what work environment you're in or really regardless of the setting that you find yourself in. When you're gathering with a group of people, it's a good practice to have a check-in question because it brings the attention and the focus into the present moment and into the group or the purpose of the conversation. And as I was thinking about the check-in question and how I wanted to bring everyone into this episode, you know, I usually have the, the phase management, the major transits and the daily forecast scripted pretty far in advance, but the pre-episode snippet that I've started incorporating into these episodes And the check-in question, I usually wait to draft until a little bit closer to recording the episode because I want it to feel really current and I want it to feel really relevant to what's happening now, not only in my life, but in your life as well. This is what's so fun about engaging with you all on my Instagram stories and asking you questions and, and checking in with you because it gives me a pulse of 
what we're all kind of experiencing and going through, what the priorities are for us, and also what the challenges are for us right now. And then I incorporate that into some of the astrological descriptions that, you know, I, I pre-script. And I'm recording this episode a little bit late because I've been traveling and instead of spending time working on this episode when I returned, I just went full force into mom mode. Spent a lot of time with my kids and a lot of time with my house and with my animal. After I publish this episode, I'm going to be spending more time getting things ready for the week ahead. That's what we do on Sundays. We we think about how do we prepare for the upcoming work week and try to minimize stress by increasing preparedness. But something that's been coming up for me is I've been having these really intense and vivid dreams. And this was, you know, weird for me because when I was traveling and when I was in Houston, I was not sleeping very well at all. I was maybe getting five to six hours on average, but there were some nights with like a little bit less. A lot of that is largely just because I have had someone sleeping next to me almost my entire life. It started with my little sister and then, you know, I lived with roommates or with boyfriends and then, you know, I I live with my husband and I sleep next to my husband and, and I'm used to sleeping with another person. And so when I travel, I don't have another body in the room to help regulate my nervous system and to, you know, sync my breathing with. But I was also just like, you know, stressed. I was under stress and it wasn't negative stress. It was all, you know, largely positive stress, but it was still stress nonetheless. And so when I found myself back in my home and back in my own bed and back with my people and, um, you know, back in my regular environment, the dreams started coming back and they are interesting. they've, (laughs) They've been very interesting. And something that you may not know about me is I very briefly studied and was exposed to dream interpretation. I say very briefly because back in 2017, 2018, I thought about making it an offering in my business. I was already doing tarot. I was already doing astrology. I wasn't formally certified in Reiki yet. That happened, you know, in October of 2018. But I had already spent a lot of time studying the chakra system and, you know, incorporating that with, you know, meditation and mindfulness. Um into my personal practice and I had considered bringing some of that into my my business as well and I don't do it professionally because I decided it wasn't a medium that resonated with me at the time but I still do a lot of my own dream interpretation or you know I'll have like people in my immediate circle reach out to me and talk about it there's a specific planetary alignment happening this week excuse me that I think it would be really important to discuss the importance of dreams and the concept of the unconscious mind. So I wanted to share with you kind of my hot take because I am in no way an expert in this field, but, you know, and uh, I do do it and I do do it for myself. And when I was initially getting into dream interpretation, I think like as most people do in the age of Google, we just hop onto a web browser and we just search you know, teeth falling out in dreams, being pregnant in a dream, uh, seeing spiders in a dream. And there's a ton of resources online where people have curated material. And this comes from, you know, a lot of different legacies of practice 
the idea of dream interpretation is not a new one. It's been around for a very long time and existed in a lot of different cultures. And so there's a lens that every person who's ever written a free blog on how to interpret symbols in your dream comes from. I've definitely consumed a lot of that material and it does influence a little about how I think about my dreams and when I'm interpreting it for other people. But I think one of the most impactful exposures that I had to dream interpretation was in my master's program. Uh, I was at Colorado State University, that's where I got my master's degree. And it was part of, it was an elective class, it wasn't required, and it was an elective class and it was actually taught by the professor um, who I did my, um, my independent study with where I learned to facilitate the Karoo curriculum that came out of Duke University, which is a mindfulness program. And I loved working with this professor. She was incredible and she was really, you know, impactful for me, especially in my transition into motherhood and my exposure into some of these other, you know, more spiritual practices, but bringing them into a therapeutic setting or into like a group, uh, I want to say counseling, but it wasn't always that. Like sometimes it was just like stress reduction groups and, and things of that nature. And in this class, it was meant to teach us a little bit about, you know, diversity, equity, and inclusion. And it, and it was about holistic or like supplemental practices that we can work on with clients. And so we had a ton of really incredible guest speakers and lecturers teaching us about yoga nidras and universal song and dance. Um, but we had someone, we had two individuals actually come in who were of the Sufi tradition and lineage, and they taught us about dream interpretation uh, through, now I can't think of the right way to say it, like Sufism, Suf, anyway, through that tradition. And I remember um, getting into the room and just thinking like, oh my gosh, I had like the most wild dream last night. I was pregnant at the time. I was like, I had the most wild dream last night. I'm so ready. I know the dream that I'm going to tell them about. And I, and I, I've already like looked it up online and, and I think I can interpret it for myself. So I was going to check myself against their interpretation. I was really excited of, you know, oh, I, I saw this in my dream and I saw that in my dream. And, and Google told me that it means this and that, and, and, th and this is how I'm interpreting the dream. And I wanted to check myself to check my learning and my understanding, you know, did I get it right? spoiler alert, I didn't. And that's okay because this is a learning practice for me. Something that really stood out to me in this tradition that was different than just Googling like, oh, you know, I dreamt about riding a bicycle. What does bicycle mean? And it's like, oh, you're going on a journey. Uh, you know, you're, you're traveling somewhere or something like that. As I was explaining the dream to them, they sat there listening and it was a, a couple that were together, a man and a woman. And they would listen to me explain the dream and they did this for everyone in the class. And then they would spend some time with their eyes closed. And sometimes they would ask a clarifying question and sometimes they would just move on. And I remember for me, I, I shared this like dream about, you know, me riding a bicycle through, uh, you know, some like city town and there were, you know, trees covering the streets, but it was really frustrating because like my bicycle wouldn't work and I kept riding it backwards. Like, I kept like getting on the bicycle and like getting on it backwards and it was really like clunky and difficult and I was wearing this backpack and, and we kept trying to get to like a taco shop. Like I remember just like needing to get to a taco shop and, and it was so annoying to me that like I couldn't get the bike to work as I was trying to go like get this food. And they did ask a clarifying question. They said, do you eat meat? And at the time I didn't, I was um, exploring being a vegetarian or being vegan in my most extreme observation of that diet. And 
so I said, no, I don't. And then they closed their eyes again and they kind of went internal and then they came out and they were ready to interpret the dream. And one thing that I picked up on and they shared with us towards the end of class is that firstly, your dreams are never about other people. You know, in my dream, there was you know, other people in the street and people going faster than me and trying to tell me like, you know, how to fix the bike. And I was trying to think about, you know, who does that represent and who is that in my life? And they clarified, you know, dreams are never about other people. The dream is always about you. And even the other individuals that come into your dream, it's always just a facet of yourself that you're dreaming about. Dreams aren't about other people. It's always your unconscious mind speaking to you about you. And that was really important for me, especially as I continued working with other people. And in my tarot lineage, this is a similar practice. I don't read about other people for you. Like if you came to me and said, hey, can you do a reading about my partner? I want to hear it. I wouldn't do that. The reading's always for you and it's always about you. Even if there are other parties involved, it's always your reading and spirits communicating through a medium to you. The other thing that I noticed is that what mattered most, more than the key symbols, was your emotional experience in the dream. This was surprising to me because the way that we typically approach dream interpretation is, you know, I saw a spider, what does it mean to see spiders? When really, with the Sufi dream interpreters, the way that they approached it with me in this setting was, you know, you expressed feeling frustrated, feeling like you just couldn't get it right, and feeling like, you know, irritated by that experience of just not doing things the right way. And so they brought up, like, perfectionism, which I had not thought about before. The idea of being really hard on myself, feeling so frustrated with myself. You know, in the dream, I was mad at the bike. And I couldn't understand why the bike wasn't working. But it really, like, internally was, can I do this? Can I do this right? Am I doing this the right way? And as a newly pregnant mom, you know, I, I was really concerned about those things. And that's how it was expressing itself in my dreams, is the frustration of not riding the bicycle. And the problem was the bike. But internally it was, I don't think I'm doing this right. And I'm feeling really stressed about that. And then the thing with the taco shop and the eating meat, they did say, they were like, you might consider eating meat again at this time. And when I did start eating meat again, a lot of my morning sickness took care of itself. And a lot of the ailment and the, the physical uh, challenges of the first trimester were eased after I incorporated meat back into my diet. And so this is... This is something that I wanted to share with you as a check-in question. I want you to think about a dream that you've been having recently. My assumption is that you have been having dreams or vivid moments where your mind wanders. And a lot of that is because of everything happening in the zodiac sign of Pisces. Pisces is the unconscious mind. It's spiritual messages through things like dream or deep meditative states or consciousness altering experiences. And when we have these messages and we have these moments, <clears throat> excuse my morning voice, when we have these messages in these moments where we have messages from the divine coming through to us, rather than picking apart the specific symbols that you're seeing, zoom out a little bit. And think about the fact that dreams aren't about other people, it's about you. And what's most important is how you feel in the dream. 
And then after all of those other things come forward, then you can get into the specifics of, I saw this, I saw that. That will clue you in into maybe specific experiences or individuals that are influencing your experience at the time. The dream's not about your mother-in-law, but it might be about how you're feeling in a situation that involves your mother-in-law. So check in with yourself this week. There's going to be, like I mentioned, a specific planetary alignment happening in the middle of the week that I think will be a really important time for us to start decoding and understanding some of the divine messaging coming through to us at this time. And that's actually, this is a good time. Let's transition into the major transits this week. It's actually a relatively quiet week in that we don't see any major planetary ingresses um, or, you know, movements. Last week we had the sun shift into the zodiac sign of Pisces, Mercury moved into Pisces, and then we had the full moon in Virgo. There's not really any big noise like that happening, but what we see rather is like the relationship between the planets. Some of them are kind of coming to a focal point right now. And... Um, I put here, it's like a Monday, Tuesday. I think that like, you know, if you look at astrology calendars or timelines, which I used to post on my Instagram and I haven't been doing that recently. If you miss it, let me know. They just weren't like super, it was content that wasn't getting a lot of engagement. And so I felt like it was superfluous to some of the other content that I share. But if you miss my graphics and you want to see the astrology listed out, you know, month or major transits listed out a month at a time, let me know in the comments of this episode. But if you're looking at other astrologers who post content similar to that, you would see this on Tuesday. But I think that um, you could make a case and an argument that we really start feeling this on Monday. So about Monday, Tuesday-ish, Mars forms a square to Jupiter. Okay, so this is an important thing to pay attention to. And then on Wednesday, we see the Sun conjunct Mercury conjunct Saturn. Now, I don't want to say that this is really rare, but it is uncommon. Um, to see this type of like planetary pileup, you know, the sun and Mercury will often form these conjunctions and we call it, you know, the Mercury Kazemi where the planet Mercury is refined through the burning rays of the sun and clarified in some way. But we see Saturn in the mix this time and this is going to be a really interesting moment and this is actually the planetary alignment that made me think about symbolism, dream interpretation, um, and the idea of the unconscious mind coming forward and being such a powerful pathway to divinity and to source and to, to spirit or to God energy. Again, whatever language resonates and feels good for you. That's it. It's really that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. There's a lot happening. And then things start like chilling out in the week. And of course, that doesn't mean that nothing is happening. We'll talk more about what's going on the rest of the week in the day-by-day forecast. But before we do that, let's talk about phase management. Let's explore the journey of the moon this week. Again, we see us moving through this mutable to mutable. So this is the season of transition. This is a season about change. This is a season to lean into the natural order of energy flowing from one and into the other. This week, the moon goes goes from Virgo to Libra to Scorpio to Sagittarius. And this is the part of the zodiac wheel where we think about interpersonal dynamics. I was going to say relationships, but that's not always true. Although, you know, in... Virgo, we think about service. We think about service to the other. In Libra, we think about the rules of engagement to the other. How do we, you know, form structure around this conversation or around this relationship? 
in Scorpio, it's the depth of intimacy in partnership and what we owe to each other, right? In terms of the financial implications, sometimes the shared bodies or, you know, uh, physical bodies experiences as well. And then in Sagittarius, we get renewed into this fire sign. And Sagittarius is the beginning of the transpersonal relationships, or we think about the cosmic, uh, you know, a much broader connection with others. And that's kind of where we end the week. And Sagittarian moons as a fire moon is generally a bit more optimistic and light-spirited and open, but there's a few other dynamics happening with this particular Sagittarius moon that's going to flavor it a little bit differently. We ended last week with the full moon in Virgo. And so we begin this week with more of that full moon energy. And as we move throughout the week, we'll observe the disseminating loser lunar phase. Um, I just said like loser phase and I'm like, no, I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't mean it to the moon, the disseminating or the uh, waning gibbous and then into the third quarter. And it made me think about like, what does the come down feel like? Thinking of being high and then coming down and how you can miss that high, you know, um, We've talked about on this podcast before about Neptune and Pisces being a big player in the movement towards legalization or decriminalization of substances such as cannabis, as well as psychedelic mushrooms. Ketamine clinics is becoming, you know, a really big thing. And we've been exploring as a society, what does it look like to normalize? I don't want to say normalize because there's been pockets of society that have been using these substances for quite some time. And regardless of, you know, the criminal status may be associated with some of that, like, you know, it's still been out there in the market and, and in different communities. Um, even the idea of like going out and doing cacao journeys or ayahuasca trips or using plant medicine in other ways. This has been, uh, you know, brought on in a, in a really big way while Neptune has been in Pisces. And so I think about the idea of these consciousness altering substances and how as you are building up to the peak of the experience, it can feel really good. And the actual like peak and like the the top of the high, it can feel transcendent. It can feel like pure joy and bliss. You can feel like you have found your place in the universe it can also feel really intense and it can feel really scary and it can feel a lot of different ways. If you're curious about my own personal experience with consciousness altering experiences, then I have an episode on the podcast called um, like healing the divine feminine through psychedelic something or other. Um, you can go find that. It's still like a public episode on this podcast. And you know, there can be moments of like real intensity, but there's still this sadness when it's going away. There's like this feeling of like, no, like I, I don't want to be sober again. Like I don't, I don't want to go back to the way things were before. I want to stay here in this headspace and with this connection or with this perspective. And as we're coming down from the full moon and we're moving through the disseminating in the third quarter moon, I'm thinking about that experience of the come down. And, you know, now that we have this mindset now that we have this perspective on the world and that we've had this experience how do we go back what changes there's this funny meme that floats around the internet and i see it resurface every now and then that says like you know um 
having like an ego death and then sitting in staff meeting and just being like, what? <laughs> what? Why, why are we talking about this? this? This silly, mundane, small little thing that doesn't seem to matter at all when you just had this like incredible cosmic breakthrough and download. And it's hard to reorient yourself back into society. It's hard to go back to, you know, the... I don't know, I, I can't think of a more creative language other than, you know, you just, you go back to grocery shopping, you go back to cleaning toilets and doing dishes, like you just, you go back to like normal, regular life with these responsibilities and, you know, sixth house things. You go back to the sixth house and all the little maintenance and work things that you have to do to sustain your life, even though you just had a 12th house experience of this really wild, you know, whatever. And I think that this week is going to be a little bit of that. There's just so much Pisces as well that I think you're going to be feeling a little melancholy about it. You know, it's like you, you just had this like really big moment and now it's the come down and now it's fading away. And now you have to figure out how to live in this, in this world with a new paradigm. The shift happened internally, not externally. And so you're trying to figure out how you fit into this space now. But let's get into the daily forecast. Let's talk about, you know, in detail, day by day, what's happening, what, where are we exploring the come down? What are the specific facets of the astrology that will be giving us some of the nuance of how we experience, you know, the, this lunar phase? So let's talk about the daily forecast. On Sunday morning, as I am recording this episode, and I'm stretching right now because I still have airplane body. I need to move my body. I need to do some yoga today or something to mm, realign myself. Um, so Sunday, moon in Virgo forming a trine to Uranus. And also some noise happening today is that Mars and Venus, they're hanging out pretty close together in the zodiac sign of Aquarius. Of course, last week we saw them conjunct. Uh, they're forming a square to Jupiter. So initially scripting this out, one thing that I put down was unexpected productivity, which I definitely felt that yesterday. I did some major reorganization in my house and I went and bought some like, you know, Ikea things and put them all together myself yesterday. And I just like, I went really hard and it felt really good. Um, the thing with, with Uranus is that, I you know, I put a question here, like, is it unexpected? Or did it just not go how you thought it might go? And there's really this continued tension in relationships to be mindful of. You know, the the moon forming a trine to Uranus, it's unexpected, but it is a supportive or a facilitative relationship. I think that, you know, the way that I'm thinking about this most immediately is I had every intention of recording this episode before Sunday morning. And and when I did think about a possible future where I was recording a Sunday morning, it was early, early in the morning, but I unexpectedly had little children in my bed last night and woke up this morning just not, not with the energy to do it, to be fully candid with y'all, not with the energy to do it. Um, getting it done, but it's definitely not how I thought it would go. And there's this continued experience of like, oh, we got to go check on the chickens and we need to go see, you know, the in-laws and I need to schedule this and I need to like, you know, charge my laptop and I need to put all the laundry away. And there's still like a lot that needs to get done, but I have confidence that we will get it done today, team. And remember, Sunday is a time to prepare for the week ahead. Sunday is a time to think about like, what do I need to have, um, you know, a peaceful week or to feel like more confident going into the week to, to ease the feeling of anxiety or the Sunday scaries. And I love seeing a Virgo moon on the weekend. 
even if it is a trine with Uranus, it's still like a really like supportive trine with some of the earth things. And you could feel some of this burst of energy. You could feel some of this burst of like, I'm going to do all the things, meal prep, uh, bill pay, you know, let's pull a David Beckham and plan our entire outfit out for the whole week ahead. I've actually been meaning to try that. If y'all haven't watched the David Beckham documentary on Netflix yet, it's worth a watch. Um, but that's something that a lot of like the big tech CEOs do as well. Minimize decision making by just having it all planned out for you. Or you could pull a Zuckerberg by just wearing the same thing every single day. I've thought about it. That's the type of energy that we're bringing into Sunday. How can we streamline? How can we do something? Like how can we best utilize this unexpected burst of like resources or energy to go out and accumulate resources and, and really make it serve us so that way we can have a successful week. On Monday, the moon moves into the sign of Libra. And actually at 8 a.m., as we do on this podcast episode, 8 a.m. Mountain Standard Time on Monday morning, the moon is at zero degrees Libra, which means that it's forming a trine to Pluto, which is now at one degree Aquarius. And I do think it's always nice to have a work week start with a cardinal moon. But the trine with Pluto could just bring an intensity. And in the past, we've explored Pluto as an archetype as this big, larger-than-life, powerful entity or authority that comes in and dictates what you do in a way that leaves you feeling powerless. Which is, which is hard to say, like, for a Monday morning. You know, the cardinal moon, it's initiating, it's energizing. And especially, like, Libra cares about, like, you know, the natural order, the equity, the justice. Like, what makes the most sense? What's the best and right thing to do? It's ruled by Venus. So there's this idea, like, how do we make it better? How do we improve this relationship? How do we improve this process? How do we improve this conversation and this dialogue? But with Pluto, it, it may feel like maybe maybe something that you want to do anyways, but you don't have a choice on whether or not it needs to get done or the way that it's going to be done. Jupiter and Mars are at 10 degrees fixed signs and forming a square. This is where, you know, if you look, you might see this on a Tuesday, and that's because we care about the minutes as well. But on Monday, they're both hanging out at 10 degrees. Um, they're just like a little bit further away and won't really like become exactly square until Tuesday, but this energy is going to be coming in on Monday and likely even before then. Um, you know, where do you want to take action and make progress? Because that's in conflict with some of the extra resources that you have right now. It's the puzzle of trying to organize and I'm an HR person, right? I'm an HR girly. And so this is always going to be my bias of how I see this coming into the workplace. And it makes me think about having the right players using the right tools to accomplish a goal. Monday, you might be feeling that tension of not having the right players in the right positions or the difficulty of organizing human capital in an organization. So some watchouts could be that you're contributing to the noise by not having clear rules of engagement. Get clean swim lanes. Organize your team. Organize the work. Organize the portfolio. It's a good day to think about these concepts as it applies to families, friends, and communities as well. But again, this is a podcast for which is at work. Your whole life comes into the workplace, which is why we're always going to talk about the other areas of your life and also because y'all have your, your own unique chart. And so while this is happening in you know, Aquarius and Taurus 
and Libra, like where that is in your chart is going to bring in about, you know, some of the nuance, but high level generally in the workplace, this is all about how you organize your team and make sure that you're managing your resources appropriately. On Tuesday, I'm going to animate the chart. On Tuesday, we see the moon at 12 degrees and she's now forming a trine to Mars and Venus in Aquarius. And Mars and Venus conjunction has been, it's been bringing up the tension in relationships. This idea of like, how do we come together, but still maintain this sense of independence. And especially with Aquarius, this sense of personal freedom and liberation through relationships. The idea that we're partnered, but not attached. We're working together, but I don't owe you anything. It's influence without authority. And there's been some awkwardness, some tension here. And the moon's coming in to be supportive to the tense part of this relationship and the tense part of this dynamic. And it might help you see the context of the situation more clearly. Is there some insight that you're gaining that's going to help you with the strategy? You could also find yourself more stressed in relationships at this time, right? Tuesday will be super busy for me at work as I'll be coordinating a big event across multiple locations. And I'm really needing to lean on other individuals to help execute, even though I won't be there to see them directly. And so, you know, I hope I did a really good job of telling and training folks to be ready for that event. I guess we'll find out on Tuesday, but there will be, I'm just expecting that I'm going to feel stress and tension about it. Again, this is the benefit of, of having astrology in your life and having the ability to forecast and to look ahead is that I can anticipate there's already going to be some difficulty in relationships. So what can I do to prepare to help minimize harm, to help minimize stress? We can't eradicate it entirely, but when we know it's coming, we can work with it more thoughtfully. On Wednesday, February 28th, the moon will be at 23 degrees Libra. And again, this is the day that we see the sun, Mercury, and Saturn in Pisces hanging out at nine degrees. This is the final, like, this is like towards the final degrees of the first decan of Pisces. And this is just, you know, it's worthwhile. Again, I know I said, have said this like quite often, but I just keep getting like surges of new listeners and new connections, you know, in the corporate coven. So I just want to remind everyone that I've released an episode called Saturn in Pisces, No Dead Mermaids, where I talk pretty extensively about Saturn and Pisces, about this transit. It was slated for people who are, you know, have Saturn and Pisces and are going through their Saturn return. But whether you are in your Saturn return or you're not, we're all experiencing Saturn and Pisces. And this is one of those hallmark moments in the transit. And so it'd be worthwhile to go and listen to that episode again, or go listen to it for the first time to really understand the depth of Saturn and Pisces. Some of the key themes that we think about in the first decan of Pisces, which in the Hermetic tradition, the first decan of Pisces is ruled by uh, Jupiter. And, you know, Jupiter is the planetary ruler for Pisces anyways. In the traditional style, we don't, you know, consider the outer planets that weren't discovered until a lot later with the use of technology. So Neptune isn't so much a part of the conversation for me on this podcast and the way that I work with the planets. Um, but we, when we think about like this focused energy of the first decade of Pisces uh, being associated with the planet Jupiter, then you can think about, uh, you know, some of the themes such as expansion of consciousness, 
You know, where do we move into higher knowledge? Where do we move towards spirituality and mysticism and, and exploring the depths of the psyche, right? We think about imagination and creativity. Pisces is a very creative sign anyways. And with Jupiter's influence, it really comes into this like visionary thinking. It's vivid imagination. It's really big dreams. It's music. It's poetry. Uh, you know, we also think about compassion and we think about empathy. We think about our ability to uh, have a sensitivity to the suffering of others, as well as this deep desire to help relieve the suffering of others. And so we feel drawn to these humanitarian causes and we might seek higher truths, you know, the, the philosophical wisdom, the idea that the world is filled with things to explore. And we have this natural curiosity about the metaphysical and the mysteries of existence. You know, I'm, I'm still new into my learning and understanding of the Sabian symbols. And so if you want to learn along with me, then, you know, I might create a, a special episode for that. But the Sabian symbol associated with the first, uh, you know, degree. Sorry, not the first degree, the ninth degree, because that's where the sun and Mercury and Saturn are, are all hanging out right now. You know, it is the race begins intent on out, out distancing his rivals. A jockey spurs his horse to great speed. I actually have family members, uncles and cousins who are jockeys. And so I feel like a, a personal like, stake in this symbol. Um, but it suggests, you know, a competitive spirit. Um, one where you are wanting to excel in whatever you're doing and whatever the goal is. It's the determination to push yourself beyond the limits and strive for victory you know the horse moving forward is the idea of ambition motivation it's like the pursuit of success you know what i mean like it's, it's how you harness your energy and you can focus on on not letting obstacles or competitors like get in your way like you're you're just focused on the goal ahead and you're moving towards achieving greatness and again like you know in the sabian symbol it's it's a jockey on his horse but I like to go back to that episode, that Saturn and Pisces, No Dead Mermaids. And I think about the idea of being a professional mermaid and how difficult it is on how, how uh, well-trained and focused you need to be to be successful in this highly competitive and imaginative job market or, you know, this, this profession um, and how it takes a lot of real physical and mental fortitude and strength and again we we uncover a lot of that in that episode so this is the energy of the sun conjunct mercury conjunct saturn it's how do you push yourself how do you commit how do you make sure that that you are really like narrowed in and focused on the bigger picture what is the bigger picture again in a workplace or in you know, a professional organization, this might be like, how attached are you to the company vision and mission statement? How clear are you on the goal? And how hard are you willing to push yourself forward to make that happen? Is there anything else I want to say there? I don't think so. It's just, again, something to, to be sensitive to on Wednesday. There could be big communications coming through, big moments of clarity. And you might feel yourself needing like a lot of grit and strength. Looking at my Outlook calendar for the week ahead, I have maybe like 
four or five hours of like solid block meetings. Um, and I'm just thinking about, you know, the emotional and mental fortitude to get through that type of like rigor in your schedule. On Thursday, we see the moon at five degrees Scorpio and we'll form a trine with Saturn, the sun and Mercury and oppose Jupiter and square Mars. So listen, Thursday adds a lot more to the week. It's actually a really good day for conflict. So as long as you are prepared to move through it, um, I think it will be a really good day to kind of engage in some of these like, hey, I don't agree with that. Hey, I want to challenge you here. Hey, I think you're missing the big picture. Hey, I don't think that you're focused. Um, and it's important because before you can really move into conflict successfully, you need to have already established trust and psychological safety. So once you already have that established, then it's actually a really good day to stir it up and to use that emotional connection as a container for the brainstorm and the ideation. This is so, so important. And it's how the dialogue moves from what do we think is best for everyone to what is our shared connection? And it makes me think of, of these social contracts. And I often think about this with the transition of the air signs into the water signs. You know, Gemini leading Cancer, Libra leading Scorpio, and Aquarius leading Pisces. It's the idea of like, you know, what we owe to each other. This is actually a, a moral philosophy by oh, Scanlon. It was published in like the late 90s. Um, and it explores the idea of contractualism. And yes, I did initially hear about this because I watched The Good Place. Um, but, you know, learning a little bit more about it, it's like the importance of moral theory. It's, it's what, are, what are the responsibilities that we have to each other because we live in community and because we have these social contracts. And I think that, you know, again, with Scorpio, it's this idea like the depth of connection. And, you know, what do we really owe each other? And and when we think about politics, you know, we're in an election climate right now. When we think about politics and it's so easy to get polarized, it's so easy to feel like my candidate versus your candidate. And, and to some extent, that's, you know, maybe important. The idea of, you know, how do we compare potential leaders and make sure that, we, you know, we're choosing the right and best one if, if you believe that it is possible to choose a right and best one. But, you know, so often we think about you know, the differences between them and it might be useful, whether it's a political or in a work context or in a relationship, you know, a husband and wife or a best friend or cousins or, you know, whatever that is to think about like, what's the underlying thing that we have in common? Because that's what water does. It brings everything into a container and becomes one. And so even though at the end of the day, the way that we go about achieving the goal is different. If you can first align on the goal and commit to that with each other, then it's going to be easier again to engage in conflict because you can always come back to the point. What's the point? Why are we even having this conversation? Likely it's because fundamentally we believe that all people are worthy and just and deserving of safety, dignity, love, and respect. And if we can always come back to this like shared belief about each other, then it's easier to explore the nuance of how we want to observe these social contracts. Pretty deep for a Thursday team. <laughs> that's, that's part of what's going to be coming up this week. And again, it's kind of the come down, right? Like we're coming into this, you know, we're in the disseminating phase right now. And we're thinking about like the sharing out of knowledge, um, the way that we, we share, you know, here's what I learned in the full moon and here's what I want to tell you about it. Here's what I think that you need to know. And, and I think it needs to all come back to that shared vision, that shared and common goal. 
On Friday, the moon is at 18 degrees Scorpio, sitting opposite Uranus and will um, square Venus. And so this is like a nice little T-square. It's time to take decisive action. You've been thinking about people and resources and if you can trust them and if you're making good decisions. And on Friday, it's time to act on it. It could be surprising or even jarring, but it does need to be done. On Saturday, we get that Sagittarius moon. It's a fire moon. It's the weekend. We're feeling optimistic and we're feeling creative, but a watch out could be Venus closing in on a square to Uranus, which will be a big theme next week. And we'll start seeing what that will be uh, through, you know, the, this week and the end of next week. So be sensitive to that tension between Aquarius and Taurus in your chart. I'm looking at this, I'm wondering if I should take a trip home to see my family or just, you know, what's going to be going on there. And even though I'm always tempted to use the weekends on things more central to me and my needs, you know, I mentioned that this year I'm being a lot more intentional with how I show up in my family unit and understand what it means to be a matriarch in the family. That's a big, like, final leg of Jupiter in Taurus, um, as well as kind of like Uranus in Taurus as well, and all the interaction with Aquarius, because that's my first house, just thinking about what... I need personally and also what I think I need to do for my family and what I believe I'm obligated to do in my family, which came up for me through a consciousness altering and psychedelic experience around what it means to be mom, mother, matriarch, crone, you know, whatever, whatever language resonates there. So big week team, next week is another where it kind of feels like quiet, but we actually, next week we see an opening and a close with big Uranian transits. And so make sure to join me next week on staff meeting, connect with me in the comments of this episode, reach out to me on social media, let me know what you love, what you'd like to see, what transits you're especially curious about. And remember, this is for witches at work. So as it relates to how you work with your boss, how you set goals, how you manage your performance and think about career development, that is, that's what I'm here for. That's what I love to share and talk about. So let me know your questions and I'll be sure to answer them in the next episode. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Corporate Coven, a podcast for witches at work. Keep the magic alive by joining our newsletter at www.thatwitchfromwork.com. There you can find extra resources and book a career astrology reading with me. If you love today's episode, you can support our work by subscribing, turning on notifications, and even making monthly donations. We'll see you in the next episode. Bye, witches.